Blog Talk Radio.
I know you missed this week, which has been compared to the freshly spun spider web of a brown recluse over a small pond, then that can only mean one thing, that you are on live on the greatest neo-soul show on the web, 
powered by X to the L.com. I am the one man, and along with my partner, T Mitch, we are going to deliver to you 60 minutes of the orgasm. What's up, T Mitch? I'm doing good. Another Wednesday. Very, very excited. Uh, I love when the weather breaks and it gets warm outside and dress codes change. Like that, that, yeah. excites, that excites me a lot. That is exciting. When you, when you have a relationship status that I have, this is like the closest you can get to cheating. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm very, very much happy. I'm having a, a good day. I'm excited. Um, I was flirted with today. Like, I'm really feeling good. You know, oh, like, I still dude. got it. Yeah, man, Why you know, are you admitting all this? Why am I admitting all this? Yes. Because I won't say it off air. So, like, I have to say it somewhere. <laughs> if I don't say it somewhere, I'm going to get in trouble. So, you know. Yeah, when the weather breaks, I don't know what it is, man. When the weather breaks, the young girls seem to like me a little more. I don't know what that's about. I don't know. I think it's because you're out more. Maybe I look younger when the weather breaks. Because, you know, when the sun hits me just right, my skin complexion gets about four shades darker, which is what I want anyway. You want to be four shades darker. You do know that it's more difficult for the dark skin brothers, right? Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, you know, just point that out to you. It's, it's a little bit more difficult for us dark skin guys. No, you have a point there. But besides that, man, what's going on with you, man? You know, people don't they don't tune into the show to figure out what's going on with me. Yeah. Hey. Well, um, the play that I have been involved in, Junk in the Trunk Running in Orange, is coming into its final weeks. So, if you haven't caught it yet, you can see me tomorrow night at 7 or Saturday night at 7. Of course, if you go Saturday night, you will pay full price. But if you go Thursday night, you get to pay your own price. If you go Thursday night, you can pay what you would like to pay, yes. Now, do you guys, like, check the like the, the total number of, like, the ticket sales to see, like, what people pay? <laughs> Of course, they keep track. And, you know, if I'm going to tell the disclaimer, which I will tell, tomorrow night was supposed to only be for taping purposes, and they weren't going to let anyone come. But then I let them know that I had told a few people that we were continuing to pay what you want. So they said, even though they weren't going to let anyone come tomorrow for the viewing, they will honor anyone that shows up. <laughs> that sounds that sounds that sounds cool. Sounds great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think people understand like the big star that you are. Like, oh, me? I just don't, I, yeah, I don't think people truly understand. They get it, you know. Like they don't they don't understand. Hell, I don't understand. I ain't a big slave. You wanted a you wanted an underground great. <laughs> you would know if I was a star. Why? Cause you wouldn't be on the show with me. 
I didn't say that. You did. But the fact that you're not denying it means that I would be running so low. I did you not low. say that. That was that, that was a like. T Mitch line. It was not mine. That sounds like you basically saying that you would not be on this show. <laughs> I didn't say that. You ain't right, man. You ain't right. Of course I would be on the show. Yeah, but anyway, um, <laughs> we keep it up with basketball. You know, you're more of a basketball man than I am. Of course. So what's going on, man? There's a couple of games on right now. What's going on? I saw people on. Well, tonight is deciding playoffs. You know, it's the last night of the regular season. That's always a good night. You know, I'm sorry, Nets. They're still trying to make it. And they won. The Nets beat Orlando 101-88. Oh, man. And I That's know the last, the last time I checked, mm-hmm. um, the Pelicans were up by five on San Antonio with nine seconds left. Are you serious? I'm absolutely serious. I can't believe they dropped that game. Yeah, so what's that? That puts them in the fifth seed or the sixth seed, and then that makes the Rockets the second seed. Wow. Surprised by that. But, come on, we all know Golden State ain't winning. You know that, right? No, no I'm, I'm well aware of that. Michael Jordan is the only basketball player that's allowed to win a championship without a true center. You're never going to see an NBA championship one with a backcourt with two light-skinned dudes in it. Oh. <laughs> That's just not going to happen I just I don't even know what to say So I I swear I just I I really don't have responses Sometimes (laughs) I really don't know what to say Because I was like I was prepared I was like okay you about to say something About to say something And and I still didn't foresee you saying that (laughs) Didn't see it So I'm going to try to just (laughs) I'm going to try my best to move past it it's never going to happen, man. Who's your league MVP? I'm going to say Harden. Especially now that he's got Houston and did a second feed. Because, you know, he did more with less. But did he really do more with less? I mean, the Golden State Warrior team, though they have the best record in the NBA. They do. Does anybody, does anybody in the NBA really think that top to bottom, that team is really just better than everybody else? Or is this just a dream season? Mm, I don't know. I think position for position, if you stack them up against anybody in the West, you're looking like, yeah, that starting five is better than theirs. Hmm. Their best overall defender comes off the bench. <laughs> Well, Harden's darker. I'm going with Harden. So that's what it is for you. It's the brown paper bag. That's okay. Hurry <laughs> <laughs> here on the Neil Soul Show. Q Man is going. I think. I think Steph Curry deserves MVP because mm-hmm. I don't think Golden State's as good as their record says they are. I, I could see him winning it. He should win it. And let's be honest, he's he's a better face for the league. There you go. No, when I mean, I mean like, I mean overall, he's a better fan of the league. Like, oh, like, look, look, what he, wait, look what he got to follow. 
Kevin Durant got the MVP and stood up and thanked everyone on the team but himself and then said that his mother was the true MVP. You said a better face because he liked skin, didn't you? What's James Harden going to say? He's going to get up there and thank Dwight for not playing. Thank not, Russell I'm surprised at you. Thank is, Russell and you're Kevin actually Kevin. assuming what James Oklahoma. Harden's going to say. He's going to thank Kevin and Russell for getting him driven out of Oklahoma City because he'd have never been a star if he stayed there. He'd probably have a ring, but he'd have never been a star. What are you doing? And then you know, you know who he's going to thank last? <laughs> you know who he's going to thank last? He's cool. going to thank Amber Rose for being one of his best friends. Oh, God. You have a problem with him because he has a beard and he's dark. That's what your problem I have a problem. No, I have a problem with him because his beard has a beard. That's oh. why I have a Do you hear yourself? Yes. I believe Come that James, on. Harden, James Harden is the modern day Samson, and if he cut his beard, he would be like Bow Wow and Light Mike without sneakers. You know, what you're saying is a form of racism. He is he is Morris Chestnut in like Mike. That's how I feel about James Harden. <laughs> I cannot believe I'm hearing these racist views out of you, man. And it and is Steph, disturbing. And, and Steph Curry is a light skinned kid from Finding Forrester. <laughs> but I do think that if, if Steph Curry wins MVP, he's going to bring his brother who can't get a job in the NBA, and then we get to see Dell Curry again. <laughs> see, you want him to win because, you know, his mama's white, daddy's black, I want good him for the to league. Win. I want him to win because the last time a not-dark-skinned person was the, at the center of the NBA, he was saying, don't bring black people to my basketball games. The light skinned people need it. Y'all need they need to fix it. And I think Steph can do that. I, I'm blown away by what you have said. I think Steph can do that. I mean, if Blake 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 Griffin would have been the perfect person to <laughs> the biracial one who actually you are looking like racist views. He would have been perfect to fix what's wrong with the NBA. Absolutely perfect. Oh my God! But beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> so I gotta rock with Steph, man. I gotta rock with Steph Curry. It'll never be Clay Thompson. So I gotta rock with Steph. <laughs> That's my vote. I don't think Russell Westbrook deserves anything because he just ran Kevin Durant out of Oklahoma City. So I don't even like Russell Westbrook right now. Kevin Durant ran himself out of OKC. Nope. Kevin Love and, and, and Russell Westbrook is destroying the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> what? His great play is making his old roommate say that he deserves MVP over the best player in the NBA right now. Russell Westbrook's triple doubles are destroying the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> I, I just have gotten a staunch reminder of why I can't talk sports with you. Because I forgot. Because it has been a while. Real life. Because we played the game. We know that the game is influenced by real life. <laughs> real life. People want to know why Michael Jordan had such a killer instinct. Because he had a gambling problem, and he bet on those games. That's why Michael had such a killer instinct. <laughs> and that's also why Dick Bavetta did not see him push Byron Russell. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, my goodness. So, I, I, we, we can't. 
we, we, we can't talk about this no more, man. <laughs> You're right. And anyway, it's, it's time for us to get into what we need to, to get into. Um, it's the third Wednesday of the, of the month. It's the Q&A's favorite Wednesday of the month. When our, our good friend, Mike Boone, you all need to follow him on Twitter um, at Chancellor underscore Soul. Uh, Mike Boone joins us to spotlight a soul artist or group, classic soul artist or group, and we are extremely excited, and it's one of the first times since Ted Pendergrass or you know, how in the Blue Notes, we get one of those groups or artists that you and I are both equally invested in. So MJ, our producer, shout out to our producer MJ, who keeps Q and I on track. She cussed us out before we came on air. Still a producer, we didn't give her another upgrade. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, you trying to get on the bad side. Anyway, she's kicking me right now, telling me to look at the clock. So it's time for us to get into tonight's music so we can get into tonight's spotlight. I'm I'm not even introducing this group. We just gonna get right into the music. So MJ, if you're ready, it's the Neo Soul Show. We'll be right back.
version of that song, the female version of uh, It's My Thing, which mm-hmm. has been sampled, you know, quite a bit by a lot of rappers over the years. And, you know, that was like an answer song, not covered, but an answer song to It's Your Thing. So she answered, it's my thing. I can do what I want to do. You can't tell me who to sock it to. So, you know, and it's your thing. There was another one they made called I Turn You On. And then they got into some of the uh, pop rock stuff. Love the one you're with, which was the feature tonight. I was going to feature that one. But, I, you know, I couldn't fit it, you know. And then it's just so many, man. It's just too many, you know. It's just too many. (laughs) It really is. Yeah. So, who was the best singer out of them? The best singer? Yeah. Well, I mean, Ruda, well, I mean, um, Ronnie, of course. <laughs> He's mm-hmm. the lead. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, um, you know, because they act, the, the rest of the Isley Brothers were background singers. You know, but um, if you talk about the extension of, of Isley... Jasper Isley, when they had Caravan of Love, which was a great song, also mm-hmm. um, they were very good. You know, the younger Isley that you know that joined them in '73. Right. So Ronnie basically is one of the all-time great singers. You know, mm-hmm. the rest were just more mm-hmm. the background singers. You know, they were no, they were no really uh, uh, leads. Ronnie was the main lead. Okay. Now, you know, I, I'm going to let you take the reins on this. I usually keep stopping you with all these questions. I'm kind of just letting you run it today. Because, <laughs> you know, as far as the young people, a lot of young people didn't know the Isleys until Ron Isley was in that R. Kelly video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, turn down video until Mr. Biggs. We don't right. really know. Isley brothers, so I know that was going to be the first thing that, that I wanted to make sure was talked about was, you know, a lot of the songs that, you know, Mike featured, a lot of the songs that you featured, my generation and generation, you know, to come after me, mm-hmm. they've heard those songs, but they don't know that they're covers. Right. They don't know yeah. that, you know, those songs were done by by the guy that they know as Mr. Big. They have no clue. They only know him from Contagious. I, like, I definitely want to make sure that, you know, we talked about that, you know, their humble beginnings and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's it goes way back. I just want to go way back six decades. You know, when they first came to New York in 56 on the Greyhound bus, and like, like you know, like so many other singers, aspirating singers, New York was the, is the place to, you know, besides California and Hollywood, New York is the place to really come and you know, make a scene. And um, so, you know, they got with RCA Records, and that's when they recorded Shout. Shout mm-hmm. is a song that came from, was inspired by Jackie Wilson's Lonely Teardrops, because they were on the stage and performed that. You know, they remade the song, but they performed it live. So, you know, when they get into a frenzy, they said, you made me want to shout, and the audience went crazy. So they went and wrote a song about it. You know, it's like a gospel flavor because they're 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 originally gospel singers. They, you know, uh-huh. and um, so it's a gospel team song, which has become phenomenon all over the world. Shout is like 
Oh man, I, I believe they get so many checks, uh, royalty checks from that song because it's been yeah. featured everywhere. Uh, yeah. Animal House, you know, the famous legendary movie Animal House, and I mean commercials and and and, and movie trailers. So yeah. Shout, you know, uh, really came into existence basically in the seventies, late seventies when when Animal House came out and in 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 these movies and so forth. So. Shout and but the Osley Brothers had was on so many labels, you know. Uh, they were on Motown, of course. A lot of people didn't know that this old heart of mine was really their only big hit there. They make you know some nice songs there, you know, but they weren't paid attention by Barry Gordy because he was focusing on the hit groups, you right. know, like the Supremes and all them. But the Osley Brothers was more or less left in the background. Wow. So, you know, they recorded some LPs there and songs, some good ones. I mean, you know, I, I like some of the Motown stuff. But This So Heart of Mine is my favorite because it's Holland Dozier Holland. It's that mid-60s Motown where the company was out of fledging, basically. They were worldwide known by then. So, mm-hmm. you know, they signed with Motown. And then before then, they were with uh, Juan Records here, Scepter Juan, in, <clears throat> in the early early 60s. And that was run by Florence Greenberg and here in uh, New York. And that label featured Dionne Warwick, of course, Tommy Hunt, Chuck Jackson, and all the great B.J. Thomas, Randjowski falling on my head, and so forth. And so they signed with them, and they came out with <clears throat> a remake of a song called Twist and Shout, which originally was done by the Top Notes in 59 on Atlantic. So Twist and Shout became big through the Beatles who recorded the song you know in 63 and when they first came famous in America you know uh, the Beatles were inspired by the Isley Brothers because if you if you hear their early records they they do the woo you know and they shake their head the mop top heads and everything that was from the Isley Brothers they were inspired wow. by the Isley Brothers when you know when they went Isley Brothers went to England and they mm-hmm. were traveling abroad at the time so, yeah, the Beatles were inspired by them, and that's where they got the early sound from, from the Osley Brothers. So Twist and Shout, you know, was John Lennon's favorite, and he recorded, you know, so many takes on that song. If you listen to the recorded song, he's hoarse, and he can hardly shout. And it was so many takes, and, you know, so that was one song. We speeded up to... In '64, where they had they had um, founded a label, T-Neck, and mm-hmm. they worked with Jimi Hendrix, another guitarist named Jimi Hendrix, who became famous two, three years later, worldwide. Mm. You know, so Jimi Hendrix played with the Isley Brothers, and wow. so yeah, and um, you know, Jimi Hendrix was everywhere. He played with Wilson Pickett. He played with Jimi Hendrix. Played with just about a lot of R&B groups before he became internationally famous. And the world's greatest guitarist. So he first played with the Osley Brothers. And um, they had a song called Testify, part one and part two, which didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, and they just moved on to Motown, like I said. And then they revived the label in 69, and they recorded It's Your Thing. Now, meanwhile, when the song It's Your Thing was a hit, Motown sued them. Because they claimed that It's Your Thing was recorded while they were in contract with Motown. So the case went on for like five, six years. Mm-hmm. So there was a judge in 75 rule in the Isley Brothers' favor. Uh, 
that they were not on the contract when they recorded It's Your Thing. Because It's Your Thing was supposed to have been in the Motown catalog. They was trying to claim that song. So that's what happened with that. So the younger brother, I, uh, Ernie Isley, who's a, who's a magnificent guitarist, one of the greatest, um, had asked um, Ronnie, how come you guys didn't record it in Motown? Because Ronnie had said, well, Motown would have had a different approach, approach with the song. They would have made it their version, and we want to funk it up, you know, and do their thing. So, you know, and the Isley Brothers, you know, they, they, they were successful with their Teaneck label in tribute, you know, uh, Teaneck, New Jersey, which they right. relocated from Cincinnati when they moved here. And um, they had hit after hit after hit after hit. It was just ridiculous. And uh, then they got to the folk type of thing where at that time singer-songwriter thing was coming out like with Bill Withers and um, James Taylor and people like that singer-songwriter they call it you know they write the songs and they sing it on their own and um, they started doing a lot of folk Love the One You're With and um, you know Ohio and and mm-hmm. different songs you know they were, they were experimenting with and so then they had an album called Brother 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 which was their last where they started more or less changing, uh, mm-hmm. they got rid of a lot of got rid of a lot of members of their band, and um, started with you know with the younger Ozzy uh, brothers, including the cousin Chris Jasper. So mm-hmm. brother, brother, brother is an important album because it has pop that thing and lay away and work to do. It's a great album. They sing a couple of Carol Carol King songs on that album too. So that was like uh, sort of a landmark. You know, as far as their new, uh, the coming of their new sound. Mm-hmm. So then, when three plus three came, that's when they added the younger version of the Osleys, and that that lady, you know, uh-huh. was their first platinum. Now, a lot of people don't know this probably that that lady was recorded originally in 1964, and it's a bossa nova song, and they revived that in 1973 with a funk version of the song. So it was recorded twice. Oh. So when you hear it, you hear the version of 1964. If you go on YouTube and put in "That Lady 1964," it is completely different. It's a bossa nova type song, and you wouldn't recognize it. You really wouldn't. So um, that lady, another gold out, platinum album. You know, it crossed over. The Isley Brothers was now getting gaining crossover appeal to a lot of the rock. Uh, listeners, you know, and this is when FM radio was coming in. They was playing album cuts. And here in New York was WBLS with Frankie Crocker. He started playing LP cuts. And this is during the time when history was being made with Isaac Hayes when he had the Hot Butter Soul album because he made the cuts on the album much longer. Mm-hmm. So all of this stuff was going on at the time, mixed in with the Isley Brothers. And the songs became longer six, seven minutes run over time. And, um, I mean, it was just so much. And they had platinum album after platinum album, you know. Uh, Fight the Power, that was that was written by Ernie Osley. He heard that, he heard the lyrics in the shower. He was taking a shower, and he, the lyrics came to him. You know, time is truly wasted, there's no guarantee. You know, we've got to fight the powers that be, you know. And, um... For the Love of You is a romantic song. That's like one of the most romantic songs of the Isley Brother catalog. 
that has played so much and has made so many children. You know, and that celebrates this coming December forty years. That that album, the um Keith is on album. Um, mm. you know. But God, yeah, man, it, it, it's they were phenomenon. The Isaac brothers were phenomenon. Wow. Okay. I have a question and it's kinda off topic and is a little personal. Mm. So you can tell me if I'm over seven. Okay. Okay. And I'm asking you because you are the ultimate music connoisseur with the ultimate library, so I need to know this. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're fixing dinner at your home mm-hmm. for a young lady friend. Mm-hmm. And you are going to set the mood with some music. What does Mike Boone put on? Romantic, you talking about? Real, yes. very romantic? Yes. You mean it could be any artist? Any. Yep. Well, me is old school. So definitely mm-hmm. Isley Brothers, Barry White, definitely those two. Okay. Um, they're slow stuff. Very, mm-hmm. very like the love of you, um, Voice to Atlantis, Groove with You, Between the Sheets. Don't say okay. goodnight. Um, and definitely some Barry White. Okay. I, I had to know that, man. Really? <laughs> I needed to know that one, man. What okay. made you so curious? Uh, because you have the ultimate library in your head. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm curious what you would play, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there'll be others, too, you know. I mean, there's, you know, a lot of others. Like I said, I'm old school, so right. uh, it would be a lot of, you know, uh, Bloodstone, Natural High, Thin Lines We Love and Hate, Persuaders, um, you know, stuff like that. You know, the very mellow, I would say, love-making mm-hmm. songs. You know, romantic, lights down low, blue lights in the ceiling. If you want to just get romantic, you know. Okay. Okay. T. Mitch don't know what what we talking about now, so we'll get back on topic. You know this. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> I'm just listening. You know, I'm like I said, I got this is a group that I I I I made myself follow to learn a little bit more. But you know, um, I, I, I will ask, um. Was there a particular reason that that we don't we don't see the entire you know group from the early days? Well, oh, I'm sorry. Did you finish your question? I'm sorry. No, it, that was just like we you know we recognize you know Ron and we really we really only see one other brother. Was that a gradual thing that went on throughout the years? That it, it, the Isley brothers only became recognized by those two. Well, you know, there was always creative differences over the years, you know, with the younger Osley brothers, the Osley Jasper Osley. Very, very talented musicians and songwriters because they created a lot of those songs. You know, that's why, uh, well, if you read the credits, songwriting credits on the albums, it's all of them, basically. You know, and it it used to be Ronnie and O'Kelly and Rudolph. But when the others came, it was all of them. 
So they all shared credit. But you know what happens over the years. You know, you get older and more creative. You want to do things on your own. So they split. As mm-hmm. I said, you know, Ozzy, Ozzy Jasper Osley. In 1986, they left <clears throat> the Osley Brothers and made a gold record, gold album, a Caravan of Love, which was a great love song. And uh, I got a lot of radio airplay back then too. Um, O'Kelly uh, passed away when they signed with Warner Brothers. They just was going to come out uh, with um, they, well, they came out with an album called Masterpiece. But O'Kelly, he was the oldest. He fell sick. He got sick and and was battling cancer at the time. And then he had a heart attack and then he passed away. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rudolph, he's the tall brother. Well, both of them, all well, both of them guys was they were some big, big dudes, man. <clears throat> and um, Rudolph left, you know, and became devote himself to Christianity. So he became, you know, he became of a, a minister. And um, so that's when Ronnie carried on the tradition with his brother Ernie. After Jasper, well, after after Ozzy Jasper, Ozzy had split. Then that's when Ernie had rejoined with Ronnie, and they started making music together. And that's when you know Ronnie explored with R. Kelly, and became this image of Mr. Big that the generation of now know about. Right. Hmm. So um, yeah, that's the reason why you don't see them, you know, because of um, you know passes. And then I, I don't think that. Uh, and then uh, of course we lost Marvin Isley. Who passed away, you know, a couple of years ago yeah. Yeah, He was battling um, Diabetes Where they amputated both his legs uh-huh. And uh, So, you know And then he passed away So that's why you only see Like one or two Isleys that's left Sadly you know. Yeah Wow It's good stuff, man Thank you. Good stuff. I think I might have to watch that Mr. Big video tonight. <laughs> I, I, I like it, you know, the, the, the reinventing of, of himself. You know, we, we talk about those artists, you know, being able to stay relevant and longevity is about being able to, you know, to reinvent yourself for a new audience. So to be able to, to do that and, and not just do it, but do it and be relevant and be be still, you know, talked about and still at the top of, of mm-hmm. the game and of the genre. Like, I think that's what, what stood out to me about that, that the, the dive we've been in the whole Mr. Big's persona. But like, like Mike said, like, the experiment was different. You know, R. Kelly is still R&B, but even this song with Lil' Kemp and then, and then the, right. the video and bring him back. R. Kelly, and then having what was the girl Shantae Moore in the video, like he really was was hitting everything that we were already talking about at that time, and was able to remain relevant. And the time mm-hmm. when kids were just looking at him like, "Who is this old guy singing?" Yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing, you, you know, you keep reinventing yourself and putting yourself out there with the right people. You know, that was the key. Even Diana Ross did that 35 years ago when she came out with "Upside Down" and "I'm Coming Out," when she got with Chic. You know, you have to keep up with the times, if it fits. 
You know what I mean? And R. Kelly wrote like a soap opera thing with Ronnie Ronnie Osley. You know what I mean? And it was it was a thing that really worked. And it's like the kids like said, I've seen this this guy before, but uh-huh. you know where have I seen him? Where have I heard his voice? I know my either my parents played him or I've heard his voice somewhere. And they know it's just the fact that they weren't familiar that he was in the group called the Ozzy Brothers. Mm-hmm. And they assume the Ozzy Brothers is Mr. Big, uh-huh. which has to be definitely straightened out because, you know, this man, you know, has, uh, you know, a longevity in the music field and has made and sold hundreds of millions of records yeah. around, around the world. You know, he's a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. You know, the Ozzy Brothers were and... They have accolades and so many awards, you know, with their contribution in music, what they've done. You know, um, it's amazing. Their history is amazing. It's really amazing. Mm-hmm. It really is. Wow. Well, Booney, you've been fantastic as always, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed this. Yeah, man. You always make me like people more. <laughs> I don't know how it is you do that. But wow. that's what you make. You make me appreciate and end up liking people even more. Oh, well, thank I you. Know, I, I know that's right. Every every third Thursday we do this. After we do the show, I find myself on iTunes or YouTube, and I'm, I'm listening to the song we played in their entirety. I'm on Wikipedia, and I'm I'm reading or they're still making music. I'm on their website. I'm, I'm on iTunes. Like, it's really a... This, this was just... This, I swear, every time we do this, it's like having the first idea to do it all over again. It's just it's refreshing and it's just amazing. Yep. Well, only yeah. you the man, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I've enjoyed this night and thanks for having me, fellas. You know, it's a pleasure always. All right, man. We look forward to having you back on, man. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, thank you. And to all the listeners out there, you know, have a blessed month and a blessed evening. And you too, guys. Thanks, Boney. You take care, man. You too. Thank you. Oh, man, that was good. My man, Boney. That was good. Like, we even went a little overtime on that one. Yeah. We got everything in. Well... I was going to talk about Aaron Hernandez, but then the guy's just not worth my airtime. I agree. So, 30 years ago today, April 15th, 1985, um, it was one of the most legendary boxing matches in the history of sports. Marvin Hagler versus Thomas Hearns. They basically... They didn't make excuses. They were two guys at the top of their careers, in their primes, got in the ring, and fought. And it was three rounds. It was called the war. And they, they, they threw down. And there was no excuses, no nothing. Now, 30 years later, we have Mayweather, who has probably never faced other good boxer that was in their prime getting ready to fight another boxer that's not in their prime, and we're building this the greatest fight of all time. So, we will be treated to watching him 
outpoint Danny Pacquiao, which is what you will do. That's what he always does. And then our younger crowds will continue to say that he is the greatest boxer of all time. This is why more people watch UFC. I don't I don't know who says that. If there are any people out there that do say that, you need to be ashamed of yourself. Floyd Mayweather is the best. I, he's not even the best talker we've ever had in boxing. So to be the best fighter, that's amazing. I'm glad you brought that up, though. I completely forgot about the fight. Um, I do believe that I'm going to be, I'm definitely going to be in Jersey. For the fight um, Still You know We already have One invitation out there And I'm probably Going to be there But if not I'll, I'll, Any takers Let me know But I am looking forward To seeing the fight Because I agree with you We haven't seen Anything like this In a very Very long time Because I think Boxing today Is not the, the Gladiator sport That it once was When Two big men Said I'm better than you And I'm going to Go out and prove it Nowadays It's ducking and dodging and Olympic blood testing and how much money can we get I'm boycotting the fight. I'm not watching it. You don't want to watch it? Nah. I would have watched it five, six years ago. I agree with you. Cool beans. But that's, <laughs> that's it. That's, that's the only feeling you, you got on it is that we're going to see... Like, I'm, like, are you so like? Is, I don't want to say is that a knock or not, but I mean, 30 years ago, when that fight took place, when the war took place, like it was clear that we were looking at the two best yeah. boxers fighting each other. So, are you kind of pointing out the fact that we're not watching <laughs> two of the best boxers right now? Right I mean, for this era, we definitely are. But let's be clear here. Marvelous Marvin Hagler would end Mayweather inside of three rounds. And I mean with no problem. No fight with no fight for me on that one. I agree with you. But definitely for this ever. My thing is, he should have fought Pacquiao years ago or Pacquiao was knocked out and all these other things. Like it's just it's not the same now doing it now. I think he waited until he felt safe to do it. Right. I agree with you. I agree with you. And I, you know, I appreciate you not talking about that other guy as well. We can talk more about that all day. <laughs> right. Well, before we get out of here, let me just, you know, take care of the, the music stuff before we get out of here. Um, a couple of events. Uh, Michael Chevalier, again, is going to be at Casino Ristorante Italiano on April 20th in Silver Spring, Maryland at 7 p.m. Down in Maryland, the Silver Spring area. Check out Micah Chevalier. Um, our soul sister, that's not me. We think we'll think about it for the show. For us, and he was a guest last week on um, next Friday, April 24th. He's going to be at Billy Black. Um, you can check out com um, and buy your tickets there. They're $12. There are a few tickets left. Um, also on May 16th, she's going to be in Montclair, New Jersey at a Think Route. Those tickets are $20. You can, um, at a Think Route, A-D-I-N-K-R-A, house, 
on Twitter for more information on that. Uh, former guest of the Neo Soul Show, Kenny McGuire Johnson, has a new video out, Let Go. And that's playing on CenturyTV.com. So, you know, the Neo Soul Show alumni are doing big things. And Lady B. Smooth, I got a message from Lady B. Smooth that she is going to be premiering a music video called I Hip Hop in May. And it's invite only. And then Neil Gojo got the invite. Wow. So, big thing, big thing. And before you ask me, next week on the Neil Soul Show, we are going to be blessed with um, one of those singers that when we got the music cue and we started listening to the music, I stopped the music and started sending the email. I didn't even finish the song. I don't even know how it ends. It could be the worst ending to a song ever in existence. But I wouldn't know because I didn't I wouldn't know I didn't listen to it. So we are going to be blessed with Havana on the Neo Soul Show next week. And if you are a poet, we are definitely doing the open mic, the on air open mic on April twenty ninth. So we're gonna reach out to a lot of the poets that we've had on the show before, you know, Lady B. Smooth, we're gonna reach out to Original Soul, we can get him on to spit something. Uh, Nikki the Sticky is her Twitter name. Her <laughs> show. She did some, she did some poetry on air for us. We had her on as a guest. That should be um, interesting. Um, Naki, we'll reach out to Naki, and we've been saying it for years. I am finally going to spit something on air for all of you. Oh boy. And I'm going to get a couple of my old poets to rock with me, too. But I'm definitely going to spit something on air. It's going to be on April 29th. And hopefully we can get the Q-Man to do something. If he can sing with Terry Toad, when he can do something for us. I'm good, man. Let's get out of here. Hey, man. Booney did it again. For T-Mitch and myself and XPDL.com. And our producer slash director slash queen of operations slash order around. We will be back next week when we will try to do better. So until then, check out XPDL.com. Get ready for a big relaunch. And we're out of here. Good night, everybody.